Welcome everybody to Kingdom Talks. I've got Berlin Newby on as co-host today, and she has brought a good friend of hers, Daryl Crawford Marshall from Australia, right? Am I am I correct in that? Yep. All right. You are well, Adelaide, Australia. Yeah. Well, well, Berlin, I'm going to kind of let you lead the way here since... Uh... <laughs> I know, since it's, since it's all brand new. Well, yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Gil, meet Daryl. Daryl, meet Gil. Nice so, to meet you, Daryl. <laughs> so, Daryl, I just had the absolute pleasure of doing his prophetic intensive earlier, and I had kind of been eyeballing him for being on business anyway because he is part of the the field of drinks church in adelaide and they're doing some amazing things he and his wife and uh todd weatherly and his wife are all just amazing amazing prophetic people and then i was absolutely doubly blessed when daryl came alongside me and helped me with my business uh quantum capacity business challenge earlier this year and hopefully we're going to do it again in fall but he really stretched me in the mm. prophetic one to um, understand how to build the capacity of of my heart so to handle what God wants to pour in for my business. And so I really want to him to share his journey and like how to partner with the invisible today. So Daryl, mm. why don't you just, you know, where'd you come from? Show Tell us all about your journey of when you met Jesus and all of those kinds of good stuff. Okay. Well, it could be, it, it might be a bit, a little bit long if I do the whole thing, but I really want to well, uh, thank you, first of all. It's a, a pleasure to be on the show today. And I'm just really delighted that, you know, that people are going for the more of God. Now, I feel like in this season on under heaven, it's very easy to not go for the more of God and actually go for the more of comfort. And that's why I love the fact that we are even doing even doing a show today that's talking about really branching outside the box, really seeing what we can push, what we can stretch. Who is God? What is what is the spirit realm? What is the invisible world? And how can we partner with that in order to see his kingdom come? And in, in conjunction with that, see our inner world enlarged to be able to engage with this whole massive spirit dimension that exists outside of our eye, uh, eye gaze a lot of the time. And so I'll tell you a couple of things. And, and as I said, I'm delighted to be here. A couple of things that started to happen for me now. Excuse me if it, it's raining uh, monsoon season here. So if you can hear the rain in the background, you're getting a bit of Australian weather. Uh, it's very, very awesome. beautiful where I live. I live, actually live on a reserve with kangaroos and all different animals. So we, you never know, there might be a kangaroo come into the office in a moment. I'm just joking. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so, so um, the way it started for me um, was, first of all, I didn't get saved in and through church. I actually just had a, super, a number of supernatural experiences, and I'm sure that many people who are watching this or listening to this have had something similar happen uh, to them. But what happened was that the main, uh, I, I guess the most prominent visitation I had was when I was 19, and I, I, I said, I spoke out to the universe, quote unquote, and I said, okay, God, if you are real, show me an angel. And I remember waking up that night, maybe at two or three o'clock in the morning with there being a big haze in and through the room in which I was sleeping. And in the middle of the haze, there was a probably about a six foot flapping wing in the haze. Wow. And I was just thinking, I thought, well, did I 
you know, did I maybe drink too much wine the night before or what's going on? But um, what happened was I woke up in the morning and when I woke up in the morning, I was like, what was that? That was weird because I was completely awake and an audible voice came into my bedroom and said, last night you asked me if I was real to send you an angel, so I did. And it was audible, it went through my body, and that was the that was my introduction to Jesus. That was my introdu- introduction to the things of God. And and from there, I then obviously transitioned into other um, a, a kind of a, other other pursuits towards God. Started to go to church. Couldn't really see the supernatural in and through church, but really loved the people of God. So connected him with that. And so I went to church. But then, in conjunction with that, really went after the things of the spirit. And so because I had already because I knew about the angelic when I read the Bible, I saw engage people engaging with angels, people having encounters with God, people having um, uh, really seeing a supernatural dimension coming in and through believers lives. And so I really felt like part of what I was to do in conjunction with with obviously pursuing a, a, a love relationship with Jesus was to ask him questions about what can I do as a supernatural person here on earth now? You know, that's so true that sometimes we don't meet God in church. And I'm so glad that you just kept pursuing it and having those experiences. So tell us some more. Yeah. Okay. So, so as I said, this journey then was a very much a suit. It was very much a journey where I was journeying with the Holy Spirit, journeying with God. I know that many of your listeners uh, on this um, deal are going to really are, are going to already know what it is to hear the voice of God, to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. But for me, yeah. that wasn't my experience. <laughs> Obviously, when I stepped into church, I found that people weren't able to uh, really uh, ascertain or, or even work out what God was saying, even hear his voice clearly. And that was it was different for me because I'd had this experience. First of all, obviously, I'm jumping, jumping ahead quite quickly, but really started to develop a very, very close and intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit, where he would talk to me every day, every single day. And so then, obviously, as I said, that my experience wasn't that all believers were, were, were encountering this. So then what started to happen was that as I jumped in a little bit deeper into the things of the supernatural, as I started to jump in a little bit deeper to who I am and what I'm being called to do as a believer while I'm on earth, what I started to realize was that there were no limits. The, the limitations, obviously, there was a biblical biblical standard and biblical limits, but but the biblical limits were far beyond anything that I was even believing for. So then I started to realize if there was a manifestation in the Bible, then it was legal for me to ask the Lord if I could see a similar manifestation to that, especially in and through the New Testament, especially in and through the book of Acts. So then the Lord quickened to me my life scripture, and I'm going to give you guys my life scripture. And this became a, a real, now I know this actually quoting quoting a poet from the time, but it's, it's um, Acts chapter 17, verse 28. And it's, in him we live, move, and have our being. And in the uh, New American Standard, it says, in him we live, move, and exist. And what God did is he used this scripture as a doorway for me to start to explore in the spirit world. Now, some of you guys uh, listening, you go, wow, that's really, yeah, I've done some exploring in the spirit world. But what started to happen was that when I was with the Lord, the Lord would start to answer questions that I had been asking in my heart about things like creation, about things like all different things, about things like the elements, the winds and all these different things. And we start to answer questions. And I'm going to give you one example. So uh, to begin is um, I'd always had on my heart that I wanted to know how Saturn's rings 
were made. Now, you know, obviously, there's a planet called Saturn, and there are Saturn's rings there. And I just remember being in worship in a church. Obviously, I was able to meet with God in church. There wasn't there wasn't an issue there. I just felt like uh, that some of the teaching wasn't necessarily where I was navigating because I could just see God was doing so much stuff in really exploding my capacity to be able to believe him for more and what he was capable of and what I was capable of in him. So anyway, so I start to, so I'm in a place of worship. I remember just being actually just lying on the floor and really being with the Lord in an encounter and the Lord gave me, uh, so suddenly I was taken out of my body and I'm on a chariot. And this chariot is a flying chariot with fire coming out the back. And I'm standing on a chariot. Now, I've never had anything, any experience like this, but I am flying through space faster than you could possibly imagine. So I'm going really, really fast through space going on this chariot. And I suddenly land in this uh, in this, um, it was. It's like it was like constant meteors, but really, really massively vast and thick. These meteors circular, like in a circular sense, and a gas. And suddenly, I the chariot stopped. I got out of the chariot. I don't even know how this worked. And a trapdoor opened on, uh, like in the area that I was in, in the middle of space. And I dropped down into a classroom. I dropped down into a classroom and the Holy Spirit was standing with a teacher's hat. Now, I haven't seen him many times in bodily form, but I have about three on three occasions. And on this occasion, the Holy Spirit was standing in bodily form as as a man, but with basically like his uh, his his whole countenance was like glass and flowing water. He had a teacher's hat on and there was behind him a huge um, whiteboard. He had one of those uh, things that you use to teach. I can't remember what they're called. And he turned around and he said, all your life, you've wondered what uh, makes up Saturn rings. So I brought you to Saturn to show you. And then he turns to the whiteboard and he starts to, all on the whiteboard starts to appear all of these amazing equations, all of these equations. And I know immediately that he's actually giving me the scientific equations for the gases that make up the rings around Saturn. And I'm sitting there and as I'm sitting there, I'm starting to digest these these patterns. And I'm like, oh my, and even if you sat down with me now and you said, can you draw the patterns out? I would literally be able to draw them out for you. And he said, I'm showing you a desire of your heart by bringing you to a location. Now, obviously I was in the realm of the spirit, and I was, and obviously I'm, I'm a spirit being. And so anyway, so I have this experience and I then come back into my body. I wake up really on the floor and I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. It says in the word, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. I was delighting myself in the Lord. And that was a big desire. And suddenly, obviously scientifically, I'm not in, clever enough to know the ge geographic equations, but, but, or maybe I am, but I just haven't studied it. But the Holy Spirit took me there. Now, there was a prophet in the church that I was in at that time, and she's a very well-known uh, mystic, and I'm not going to uh, give you her name just uh, just for privacy reasons, but she came over to me that day, and she said, hey, Daryl, you know when you were in space today? I hadn't told anyone. <laughs> I had told no one the experience. She said, hey, you know when you are in space today, you borrowed my chariot. Wow. Oh. And I <laughs> And I was like, oh, my goodness. And she is a real mystic that trans that really goes into dimensions a lot. And so I'm going to give you another story in one second. But that blew my grid. And that was one of the things that I started to understand that God is much bigger than we know. Do you, do you want to hear another story? 
and even more oh, crazy. Sure. Okay, <laughs> Go for another it. One. Okay, so this is another story. Another story. So, so about about. Oh, let me see, let me just. I don't want to give you inaccurate days. Probably about ten, probably about nine years ago, I was. Um, I always worked as a prophetic person to government and business. And about nine years ago, maybe eight years ago, uh, one a person that was on a council was an indigenous council in Australia, but they actually worked for the government to to, uh, to work through policy for in, the indigenous peoples of Australia. And so she was in a place where she was uh, working with the working with Parliament, working with the government. And I knew her quite well. She was in the church we were in. And she said, Daryl, I know that you speak into policies or you get prophetic stuff sometimes to do with policy. Can I meet you for a coffee? And I said, sure. Um, and, and she said, look, uh, I just want to meet you for a coffee. I just need you to pray. I'm about to have this meeting. Can you meet me about an hour before I have the meeting and just pray for me and see if you get anything before I go into this meeting? And this was a major meeting to do with uh, Indigenous policy in Australia. And she was working in uh, Sydney, Australia. I was living in Sydney at the time. And she said, can I meet you an hour before I go into this meeting? She's a very nice lady. And she said, I can always share this story. So I said, sure. So I ended up meeting her in Starbucks and we hung out, we had a coffee. And I was, I was, and you know, I prayed for her, but I got nothing, nothing. And I'm sitting there going, wow, good one, Daryl, your reputation really precedes you. You know, you didn't, you didn't get anything, you know, bless her, give her some wisdom, you know, a real, a real generic prayer. And then I went out, uh, so then I was like, okay. And I could tell that she was appreciative, but she was like, okay, wow, okay, I've got to go into this meeting now. And, you know, that hasn't really given me a lot. And so, so then I walk out of Starbucks and I said, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. Well, not so sorry, but I just said, you know, I, I'm done and I hope you're okay. So I ended up walking out of Starbucks and going to the, uh, going to cross the road. And she's standing with me as I going to cross the road. And I go to push the button on the, on the, you know, the traffic lights. I don't know if you have that yeah. in America, you have a button. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so I have a button to push the traffic lights. I go to push the traffic lights. And as I push the button, I go to push the button, I'm taken out of my body and I'm taken into a library room. And so a room with a beautiful oak table before me and books everywhere and angels working on the uh, on the books like, like librarians. And now I'm standing, now I'm telling you right now, I'm about to cross the road, but I'm completely no awareness of the road, no awareness of the traffic lights, no awareness of Starbucks. I'm completely in, my, I feel like I'm in my body and I'm standing in this library. And I look up beside the oak table and Jesus himself is standing there. And he says, and he's smiling like crazy. And he said, Daryl, I've got something for you. And I said, what's that? And he pulls a book down from the library, from the, from the shelving, and puts it in front of me on this oak table. And as the book opens, it's a huge thick book. It's like this. As the book opens, the pages start to go really, 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 really quickly in front of my face, in front of my eyes, and they become liquid. And as the pages become liquid, he, I, they literally, the liquid starts to go into my mouth and I start to drink and inhale the liquid of the pages like this. And literally, I'm now going into this, I'm in this experience where I'm inhaling the liquid off the pages of this book. So all of this liquid's coming into me and I'm going, oh my goodness. And when the liquid's going in, I'm seeing indigenous people of Australia. I'm seeing uh, the spiritual dynamics. I'm seeing the indigenous people. I'm seeing um, all of that, like, like history. And, uh, but I'm not seeing it really, really clearly. Just, it's going so fast. Like, like literally a fast forwarded movie. And, I'm, and, so the, and then suddenly the liquid stops, the pages stop, and the book slams shut. And I'm like, 
And I'm going, oh, my goodness. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, um, that was an encyclopedia of the spiritual history of the indigenous people of Australia. And as soon as he says that, I'm back in my body and I'm standing with my hand still about to push the push the things across the road. And the woman standing beside me, and I looked at her and I've asked if I can share this story. And she said, I'm publicly allowed to share it. And I looked at her and she's about to walk across the road. And I said, hey, wait, 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 I've got something for you. And I took her hands and she looked around and I took her hands and I looked in her, looked in her eyes, looked in her face. And I started, and all I said, all I felt, I felt prompted to say this one word, it all began with this. And then when I said it all began with this, I started to speak at a rate that I've never known, I've never spoken like that before. And I literally felt myself giving points of information, like nearly like speaking in tongues. And as I did, her mouth was open. And as her mouth was open, she started to like come backwards as I'm holding her hands. And then literally about two minutes later, it must have lasted about a minute, like standing at this thing. And then I was like, and that's it. And then she shut her mouth. And I'm like, Flip, what was that? And she looks at me and quote, unquote, she says this, I feel like I've just swallowed an encyclopedia. <laughs> wow. Then she goes into the meeting with a spirit of impartation of the true spiritual history of the indigenous people. And she goes into a meeting with a level of understanding, having digested the encyclopedia, which gives her wisdom and understanding to be able to appropriate the right thing according to the spiritual history of those people. Wow. That's, that so is amazing. So, much more. so uh, Daryl, yeah. uh, I'm just going to ask, and then we're probably going to go to a break before you answer, but I, but I'm assuming that you have some downloads that uh, you would share with the people of Earth <laughs> right now. Is that would that be true? Yeah, I would say that there's definitely some stuff. All right. So when we come back after this break, I want you to go ahead and share some of the things that the Father's shown you that uh, for the Earth people in this realm today. We'll be back right after this. An ecclesia is family doing kingdom business. When you join an ecclesia with Kingdom Talks Media that is going through the Ultimate Impact series, this is what a typical week might look like. During the week, you'll watch the Ultimate Impact teaching videos based on that week's topic. Each video is about 10 minutes long, followed by a time for you to shift focus into the heavenly realm, allowing Father to guide you into further revelation. Once a week, You'll gather with your Ecclesia group in person or most likely through Zoom conferencing to typically do two things. One, relate with each other as you share insights about that week's topic. And two, shift focus into the heavenly realm as an Ecclesia to practice engaging Father together. Week after week, you and your Ecclesia will gain new perspectives through the teachings, discussions, and your experiences individually and together in the heavenly realms. All right, welcome back. We've got Daryl Crawford Marshall and Berlin as co-host and um, just uh, heard some very uh, exciting stories of things that you've experienced, Daryl. Uh, Berlin, I think yeah. you had something you wanted to take off with in this second part. Go ahead. Well, you know, that was that was a really bizarre example of how to use 
what you get in the spirit realm in the natural because she was obviously a government person and she needed to know what you learned in the spirit realm. So what else, uh, how can people really partner with the invisible in so that they can pull it down? One of the crazy things that I hate is when people are just up in heaven, just wandering around having a good time and they never pull it down. So why don't you talk about that? Yeah, I think as soon as you align to your scroll and your destiny, I think that this is the most important thing. When we talk about books, we're talking about the destiny, we're talking about scrolls of destiny, the things that you are predestined to do while you're on earth. Really simple, really biblical. says obviously in Psalm 119 verse, I think, yeah, verse 16 or 139 to verse 16. It says that before I, before I was, there was a book written about me with all my days written in it. Then also obviously in Ephesians 2 verse 10 talks about the good works beforehand, that God has prepared for us that we should walk in them. Now, this is very, yeah. very important, and this is completely uh, answering your question perfectly. And the reason, the reason it is, is because we have to understand that while we're here, we have a job to do. While we're here, we are commissioned to do things. And so, what happens is, that especially in particular, some spirit spirit circles. I, I want to be, you know, that nice. But in some of the some spirit circles, it becomes all about attaining spiritual knowledge but nothing about actually rounding it out on the earth. On. Now, I believe yeah. 100%, I believe 100% that the reason that I have opportunity or I had opportunity to take something from the realm of heaven, remember I've given you two stories. The first one was specifically a desire of my heart. I don't need to administrate that. That was for me. But the second story was the administration of his kingdom on earth. That's the administration of his righteous ruling coming to earth. Now, this is very important. So when I do the things that I'm called to do on the earth, I then marry my supernatural capacity to access from the heavenlies to seeing it ground out on the earth for his glory and for the advancement of his kingdom. Now, as soon as I don't know what I'm called to do, and I'm talking about specific calling now. I'm so, people say, oh, well, what are you called to do? I'm called to go to heaven. No, you're not. That's not. You are called. Part of your part of your identity is you can access heaven. That's not your calling. Your calling isn't per se to go to heaven. Yeah. You'll go to heaven one day and you don't need That's to. Good. Your calling, Paul said, I'm called as an apostle. The apostolic ministry that he has was for uh, changing regions on the earth. He said, before I was born, and same as Jeremiah, before you were born, I called you as a prophet to the nations, not a prophet to heaven, prophet to the nations. So what we ha yeah. have to understand is when God commissions someone, he commissions them with a calling, a mission, a mandate, and a mantle for earth. This is very important. So when we understand that our commissioning is earthbound and our home is heaven bound we understand that we are an ambassador but we and as we tap into the ambassadorial reality where we say actually i'm, a, I'm an ambassador um, ambassador there is much more it's like people that say i went to the body parts room great go to the body parts room but you need to release it on earth the body parts room is not for when we get to heaven so all of these different things we understand that we engage in heaven to impact earth and as soon as we get into that mentality and we say i'm engaging heaven to impact earth in some way it's not all about me it's not all about my own desire it's not all about uh, what can you do for me god is actually to impact earth and if we sit in that place of revelation jesus you want me to impact earth when i engage heaven you want me to impact earth with my mission my calling my mandate 
and I'll, I'll say something else just very quickly after this, then what we start to see is we start to see that there's this beautiful transition from what we engage in the spirit realm to what we release on earth. And I'll just say this one last thing just before um, someone asked something else. But what happened was the Lord spoke to me about three months ago and he said, oh, a tiny bit longer, sorry, I apologize, maybe nine months ago. And he said, if my people would stop asking me what they are called to do and start asking me what's available to do, they will have much more impact. And then I realized oh, that, that as yeah. when we get away from the self centered reality now i'm yeah. now i know i just said what am i called to do what is my but if we ask what's available god i really believe that even when we're waiting for our destiny and god to unfold we can actually be extremely proactive with some of the things that heaven is desiring to do right now and i believe that that comes with different mantles many mantles have been left that people haven't fulfilled and i believe that we can pick those up very very easily i know for a fact that i am not god's first choice for a lot of things that i do i know that for a fact but i'm always saying god what's available he says great i'm glad you asked i need this done and then that's part of how we can connect in to seeing that transition from heaven to earth you know i love i love what you're sharing what you're you're talking about because my thing with this whole movement has been seeing so many people that are basically using the heavenly realms as an escape, just like they would a drug or something else, that yep. they're not necessarily stepping into the heavens to do to be the ecclesia, where we step into the heavens, we see what the Father's doing, we bring that into the earth, and we begin to change yep. things. But it first has to change us. If it's not changing yep. us, then, um, hmm, you know, I wonder where you're actually stepping into, because yep. that heaven that I know where my Father is, when you step into that, it begins to change you. The frequency will shift who you are or who you think you are to into who you really are. <laughs> That's yeah. good. Love yeah. that. And you're a living letter. So then you've got more love. And then you're like, the more time I spend with Jesus, the more time I want to I want to impact the earth. That's literally my yeah. desire. Whereas when I leave him, I don't say, oh, I want to be with you. Uh, I, I've been with you for three hours. Now let me be with you for another three hours. I, there, is a, there is that dynamic. But really, it supercharges me for people to know the truth, for me, people to experience his love, for people to experience yeah. his supernatural power. You know, And that is the love true Love God, love people. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. That is so good. good. Wow. So do you have any other uh, exploits that you can share about, uh, you know, partnering with the invisible to bring that down yeah i look i think that i think before i'll share i'll share another story in a second but i just think before before i do i think again it's actually coming into a place of i think was what gil just said was really really important about the escapism that comes from engaging with heaven i actually feel like when you go when people do that they can actually start to access things which aren't necessarily from god and they yes. can build things that are maybe not even with heaven and i feel like that a lot of the uh, 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 a lot that's that's an um, exaggeration a number of people have, uh, go into deception and i believe leaders do and teachers because they overemphasize building in heaven consistently and not actually engaging with people and i do believe it comes when normally when people are hurt by judges they there becomes a wounding there then that because they've been super prophetic and then they build a world in the invisible. We've had people that have constantly marrying people in the spirit all the time. Oh, there's my husband. I haven't met him yet. Or this is this, or this is this. And this stuff happens all the time. And it actually builds a fantasy world. It's a spirit of fantasy and the right. devil loves fantasy. 
fantasy is the exact opposite of truth. So yeah. the devil loves fantasy. So as soon as you build something in the fantasy world, uh, it's like when people say to me, I I've been assigned one of the archangels to work with me. I look at them and I'm like, no, you have, there's no way in the world God has assigned one of the ma one of a major mighty angel to work with you. No way. Well, how do you know? Because you don't pay your taxes. Your life is an absolute mess. You don't. You haven't seen any cancer healed. You know. And I just feel like when you work with an angel, you know that an angel is there. I get so humbled. We were doing a class this week, and one of the angels came in. We were we were teaching virtue. I was teaching my how to release virtue in a healing rooms setting. And the angel came in and I was like, the angel's here. And I immediately, I feel so humbled when an angel turns. Like, it's like there's something because they because they come from the presence of God. So it's like, so but when people speak so flippantly, oh, yeah, my angel, oh, Eric, my angel just arrived and he's doing this. And I believe in that too. Like, I've got no issue with that per se. But I feel like when we trivialize the glory and the holiness of God, the angels are whole, they come from the holiness of God. Like, so I just feel like there's, there's, it says that God is more awesome than all who surround him. And I feel like when we overemphasize going after, you know, the heaven and the spirit, it, it's nearly like the awe of God and the fear of God and the holiness of God goes away. And it's all about us and our pursuits of trying to get spiritual knowledge, which is obviously just a neo-gnostic reality, which is obviously what the church has been struggling with in general. So anyway, so all of you that know, to say, yes. Sorry. That's no, that, that's all, all really good. And I, I'm glad you brought some of this stuff up, because I think one of the other things that we tend to do as human beings, and especially in this movement, is we want to understand things and we tend to want to move over into this area where we no longer necessarily, I mean, if you think about it, this is where it's headed, we no longer really necessarily need God to do some mm -hmm. of the stuff we're doing. Because what, what I see happening is people are beginning to build their own Towers of Babel to where the Tower of Babel was about, hey, we're going to do this spiritual thing all on our own. We're going to build our way into the heavens. We're going to build our platform that'll you know jump into the other realms, so on and so forth. Well, I see that happening to some degree when we take the science that we have, and I'm not opposed to it at all, but sometimes we take the science that we have, for instance, about the energy centers of the body and so forth, and we, we take that and we begin to build on that and say, well, you know, if you just, uh, you know, focus on this area of the body and this, this energy center and you do these techniques of, the, of this and that, mm -hmm. that basically we're leaving God out of the picture. Yep. We're, we're, we're moving to a place where I don't really need God. I can do this myself by engaging these energy centers and, and getting the stuff that I want from doing these things that uh, I'm not opposed to the study of that and the understanding of it. But at the same time, when we do it to the point where we are eliminating God so that I can do it myself, that's where we're going to get off course. And we're really not going to get the fullness of whatever it is we were studying in the first place. The fullness comes from the tree of life when Father's downloading the answers like your adventure to Saturn. You know, he's going to do it for us and he's going to show us. And that's the cool part. But when we start trying to figure it out ourselves so that we can do it ourselves, um, yeah. I think we're going to get off track. Good yeah, point. so yeah. it's a good thing that you brought up. I like that. Yeah, no, and I agree with that. I just, yeah, and it, so in the midst of that, as we do these pursuits, it's about test the spirit. Like what I was, what I was trying to, uh, yeah, just emphasize was wasn't wasn't that I, I would never dismiss 
people working with the angels. I work with the angels all the time. And yeah. they, God gives me their English names all the time, not because they have an English yeah. name, but because <laughs> that name then describes their function so I can partner with them. That's the whole point. So, yeah. so, so, so these are the, these are the things that I like, like the, uh, we had an angel called Sterling visit us. And I said, I said, and he came, when he came in, the whole presence of a room changes. Like, it's like, wow. And the Lord spoke to me and he said, this angel's called Sterling. And he said, if you, when the angel turns up, you sow financially, because the name Sterling means steward. And he said, mm-hmm. this angel works in the heavens, but also works in the treasuries. And when you feel him, you ask me where to sow. It's a stewardship for your finance and you'll reap. And we had experiences where he would turn up, you'd sow and you'd get tenfold, a hundredfold, sometimes return as a result of sowing. So what I was trying to say in all of that and what you're saying in that as well is that wisdom is proved right by her children. And yes, there might be a measure of fruit if you pursue stuff, but it becomes a trading floor for people. So people trade off their heavenly experiences when in actual fact, their heavenly experiences are supposed to be an empowerment for themselves and for others to impact people's lives rather than self-gain and self-promotion, which is a big yeah. thing that the Lord spoke to me about, which is why you'll never you never see me self-promote. I just don't promote myself. I just don't I don't feel like it's fitting. So that doesn't mean that you should, people shouldn't promote themselves. I just felt the Lord say, the less you say, the less you promote, the more access you will have and the more impact you will have. Yeah, That's really it's, interesting. For us, it's always a- ask the father because if if father says promote, promote. If he says not to, don't. Hundred yeah, <laughs> percent. Do what he exactly. says. <laughs> exactly right. Rather yeah. than taking a marketing tool from the world and using that for your Christian yeah um, experience. Oh, that's really good. That's really good. I'll I'll share with you. You did ask me to share with share um, a couple of other experiences. Um, I, I was asked to share the one about the wind, and I think that's a really good one. So, so what happened was I was—I'm just going to give you this example. Um, I live in Adelaide. So I live in a place called South Australia, which is at the very bottom of the earth. So, if you think about where you got many of your listeners are going to be, I'm presuming up in the US and up through the Canada, up through Canada, and up maybe into main, uh, uh, mainland Europe as well. But so where I am is right at the bottom of the earth, we, and the reason I'm saying that is because we have a lot of space down here. We have a lot of room. There's a lot of space. It takes a long time to get to a different place here. And so we have a lot of, uh, uh, one of my friends has about 37 acres or maybe even more, maybe 137, but has this acreage, massive acreage and has a, a actually it's Todd Weatherly, the person I work with, has this, has this acreage down in South Australia and there's lots of kangaroos, but he built some cabins there. And you can go and hang out down there. And we go and pray there. I'm actually going there on Monday. We go and pray there. It's a real strong open heaven there. And when you want to meet with God or consecrate or do something, you go there. And, it, you know, it takes a long time to get there. There's no, it, it's completely in the wilderness. Anyway, so about, uh, probably about four years ago, I went out there and I was lying in one of the cabins, as you do. And I was just enjoying myself in one of the cabins. And as I was lying there, the Holy Spirit was engaging me and he spoke to me. And and as I was lying on the bed, I looked up and I could see the clouds and the cloud. There were look, Australia doesn't rain. I'm saying it's raining now. It's very sunny here a lot. Like it doesn't. We don't get a lot of rain. It's normally just blue sky. Um, and so it's very good weather here. And so, so the cloud came over. There was a couple of clouds that came over, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me while I was lying in my bed. I wasn't even thinking. I was just lying on a bed in the cabin. I could see the clouds out of the window in the cabin. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me. The door was open and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, why don't you make a hole in the cloud? Why don't you make a hole in the cloud? I'm like, wow, okay. Well, I'm sure that could be exciting. 
And he said, just try. So I said, okay. Well, I thought if I'm going to make a hole in the cloud, I'll make it with my finger. So I didn't go up into heaven, uh, uh, sorry, in, into the sky. I just sat where I was, but I could feel this extreme power over my body. So I just got my finger and I went like this, pop, like this, just like that, just like that. And as soon as I did, the cloud went like this and a hole appeared in the cloud. And I'm like, oh my goodness, that's so cool. God, that's amazing. I made a hole in the cloud. Okay, stop everyone. I need to Instagram this. This is, uh, and I've never done that. I'm being silly. But, but I was like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. So anyway, so I'm lying there and I'm trying to get over the fact that I've just literally put a hole in the cloud. And I'm like, wow, this is amazing. And then the Lord speaks to me and he said, okay, now I would like you to close the door of the cabin. So I'm in the cabin, the door's open. And I said, sure. And now I'm presuming he says he wants me to close the door because I'm maybe going to some intercession or something. And he goes, close the door, but don't get up. And I'm like, well, I can't close the door if I don't get up. And he said, you know what to do. And as soon as he said that, I put my hand outside the bed that I was in, which was in line with the door. And as soon as I put my hand out, I felt a whirlwind on my hand. I felt it going round my hand. And I just did this with my hand. And when I did that with my hand, the door went banging and the door closed because the wind had come to submit to the process of me shutting the door. Now, I'm now freaking out. I'm like, Oh my goodness, what is this? Is this kind of who I, I don't even know if I can tell people this. I used the wind to shut the door. I can't believe it. And I felt the Father come to me in that moment. I was, you know, I was engaged with the Holy Spirit, but I felt the Father. And I felt the Father. And I felt, and I don't feel like the, 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 the Lord deals in heavy sadness. He's not heavy. God's not heavy. He's compassionate. He's, but it never feels heavy. But I felt a level of grief in him, a level. And I can't describe that. If you know God, you understand that when I say a level of grief, it's not like he is in. People say, oh, God's grieving like he's like he's crying and wailing on the floor. He's not like that. He does. But I could. But he has emotion that you can connect in. And I just remember being able to connect him with this grief just for it was a split second. And I was like, oh, and I felt the father and I felt the father say at um, and it was like he was grieved at how excited I was. And I was like, well, that's a, such a bizarre experience. I can't, I'm trying to put it into good words. But I said to him, what, like, why, why, what, what's going on? And he said, he said, my people get so excited when the wind, when, the, when they can partner with the elements or basically, and literally, if you get excited about that, and you are far, You like really, he's put me into a place where I'm navigating many, many things. He started to speak to me about how far his body still has to come when I get excited that I can close the door with the wind. And he said, that, and he started to talk to me about the elements and started to talk to me about who we are as sons of God, how creation is waiting to be liberated. And it was nearly like he was giving me a snippet of something that imparted into my spirit that there is so much more. And it was nearly like the grief was that the pursuit just wasn't there from the majority of the body to go after what it was to be a mature son, to understand that as soon as you say, wow, someone shut the door with the wind, someone starts labeling, oh, that's divination. That's witchcraft. It's not Jesus. did. If it's in the Bible, it's legal. Jesus rebuked, and they said, what manner of man is this, that even the winds and waves obey him? They used the word obey. 
And then you start to say, well, I'm, I can I can take charge over the weather. And I know that a lot of your listeners do this and all that. But what I started to understand was that the body is so in this beautiful process of acceleration right now because we, we need to catch up because I was so excited yeah. that I could close the door. And what, what use is me closing a door with the wind? It taught me something. It taught me something about what we have, but also taught me something about where God wants us to go in this season or in these seasons and understanding creation, understanding our mission and our mandate on the earth, that even the winds and waves will obey us because of who he is and because of Christ in us, the hope of glory. That is absolutely awesome and true, and I couldn't agree with you more. Um, we're going to talk, I want to talk more about that subject uh, when we come back. So we're going to have a quick little break and we'll be back right after this. Wow! With so many awesome ways to grow in the transformation of your body, soul, and spirit, reconnecting with God, the heavens, and yourself through breathing? Let's get started! You can find Adina's Emerging Course series on breathing transformation at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Why wait? All right, so we're back with Daryl and... Uh... I'm going to hand it over to Berlin to uh, start us off because, um, well, you know, go ahead. About you guys getting to know each other, too. So uh, if you want to ask Daryl, <laughs> right. you certainly may. I, I well, do well, it's like we hardly talk anymore. So it's like getting to know you again, too. Anyway, yeah. uh, <laughs> so, Daryl, uh, you know, what, what you were sharing before we took the break there was, um you know, really, really powerful and something that I, I absolutely believe we need to understand. It's like we don't want to lose the awe of the glory of who God is and the power and authority that he has. But we also should be at a point where we're not quite so mesmerized or, um, you know, I guess I'll just back up a little bit. I really it's a little bit of a pet peeve of mine to see people that chase after signs wonders and miracles because the bible says that when we are maturing sons when we're in that place where we understand the power and authority that he has already given us and we're operating in it signs wonders and miracles will follow us so when we're out chasing him we're we've got the cart before the horse and to me, what I've found is the true miracle that I, that I, I shouldn't say it that way. The miracle that I love the most to see happen is simply to see people set free to understand who they are and begin to walk in it. And when we begin to walk in that, we realize that all the miracles and the, you know, the um, cooperation with nature and, and the elementals and so forth, that all that is something that was supposed to be from the beginning. I mean, Adam and Eve, I believe Adam and Eve walked in this daily. It wasn't, you know, any big uh, surprise for them. But at the yeah. same time, we have to keep our awe about who God is and that this is all yeah. because he has given these things to us. So yes. Yes. just what are your thoughts on signs, wonders and miracles and what I just shared? Yeah, I, well, this is this is what I think. Um, I think that there have been. Um, I don't look. I, I use this word very, very carefully because I don't want people to jump on it and say, "Oh, this is the." I like the word mesmerized. I, I, I like language in general, but I, I feel like there are trends that come through the body of Christ, 
And I think that trends, and I, I please know what none of, if you're listening to this, please don't jump on that. Say so you're saying trends are the signs and wonders are a trend. I'm not saying that. I'm not. If that's the best language to describe the cycles that come through the body. People get very excited about particular things. And so there was a, a cycle of the grace movement. I, I don't know if you remember when the grace movement came through and there was, it, it gave people got permission to do whatever they wanted, you know, and it was an overcorrection, obviously, most of the time. But what happened, what happens is that there are particular, there are particular seasons where things are emphasized. And I believe what happens is that heaven emphasizes things. But then I feel mm -hmm. like when heaven emphasizes something, I think that sometimes we can take that too far. And we'll, yeah. we, you might say, well, how can you take that too far? I'll, I'll explain exactly. <laughs> the way that God does things. So so, so when you've got things like dispensationalism and cessationism that have been systematically designed to shut the, to basically disempower, I mean, that's a demonic doctrine designed to disempower the body of Christ walking in signs and wonders. So then what you have is then you have these major moves from the late 70s all the way through that reinstate the working of mirac the miraculous power of God, probably from the late 70s up through the 80s, looking people like John Wimber, the Vineyard Movement, all of these people were risen up at that, at that time, even people like Lonnie Frisbee, all these people are risen up in these seasons to re and then even more recently you know you've got things like uh at toronto randy clark really starting and then obviously bill johnson and bethel uh starting to it, it's a reinstatement now i think that what we do in the body is we forget how we think oh well yeah this is it's been a a, a long period of time but 20 years in the body of christ is not a long time so yeah. so so there might be a reinstatement from something for you know 30 years and it takes 20 years or 30 years or let's say 20 years or 10 years to for that for the correction to come back into the theological understanding in the body so there's a correction that's made it comes from heaven it's a heavenly correction that then brings a level of fruit with it where people are empowered to function in the way that they're supposed to function so so we've got this thing where god then brings there's been this massive session cessationist movement dispensationalist movement and dispensationalism isn't a dirty word i'm a dispensationalist in some ways but it's got a ne negative connotation now because it's associated with the uh with the dying of the sight and wonders and the reason i'm saying all of that in, in a, a, a long answer is this that when we have an overcorrection, is that sorry so then we have got a heavenly correction and then we run with that and we run so hard that we keep going and we don't hear what god is actually speaking in and through yeah. as a yeah. next thing and then it loses the grace <clears throat> and then when it loses the grace it becomes about that one thing you see the thing is when i right. take your name god spoke to me many years ago and he said you will swing the pendulum my my role my mandate is to swing the pendulum hard into the things of the supernatural i swing it really hard for the body to bring a massive correction that's my calling that's my calling well, when i teach on the angelic people say come and teach on the angelic i always start by reading hebrews 1. why because it's all about jesus because it yeah. because people say oh I teach on the angels and then I'm, I'm reading hebrews 1 and i read the whole chapter in context because i'm not just going to take out the two verses that say all angels are ministering spirits the whole point of that chapter is about the supremacy of christ so what we do then is i bring it back and we repackage the supernatural in the right way we package it according to the according to what it's supposed to do the supernatural is supposed to be a signpost to jesus and so because, yes that is true 
And so because when it becomes so the, what, the reason I'm saying all that is because I believe that what happens is when we overcorrect or when we push too far beyond, we lose Jesus. And I feel like that's the sign. I feel like as well, soon as it becomes about something else or the gospel, as you said, then we start to move into something yeah. that it was never meant to be. Well, and the, the, I believe part of what you're saying and referring to is is back to the uh, do-it-yourself, that we focus on the things so much that we begin to research it and try to figure it out. And mm -hmm. we want to figure it out so that we can do that ourselves and not have to rely on an outside source being God. Um, yeah. I, I want to shift gears really quick because we only have about 10 minutes left. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you this question. So partnering with the invisible... Uh, what would you say to people? What's the how-to? If you were going to you know, be teaching and sharing with uh, a group of people, what would yep. you say to them in terms of how you partner with the invisible? How could they start on that path and that, path and that journey? Okay, so it's really, 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 that's a, a really a great question and very easy to answer. So this is it. So the first, the first thing is this. We have to re-consecrate ourselves to the Holy Spirit. And we have to say prayers like, so this is what I would do. If I was teaching a class and I was saying, okay, we're going into something. I would say, I would re-consecrate my whole world to the Holy Spirit. And I would say, Holy Spirit, in this next season, whatever you want to do with me, whatever, whatever you want to show me or whatever you want to say to me, I give you permission to dismantle any internal structures that have set themselves up bringing any kind of limitation to my experience of engaging with the things of the supernatural according to my spiritual inheritance in Christ. So that's the first step. The second step is to read the Bible like a machine. I read the Bible. I, my, I'm obsessed with the word. The Lord spoke to me, he called me as a prophet, and I said, how do I, how do I be a good prophet? Talk to me. And he said, know my word. Do you know that this creates so much safety? It create it, al it allows a platform for God to be able to, you'll notice that each time I'm speaking, when I do speak, I constantly refer back to the Word of God. So it's really, so those two things, those two elements, and then being open. Now, the way that we open is that, that if we are open to God, for God to restructure any part, of my, any part of our internal world, then what starts to happen is He will start to speak to us outside of the box we've been in. So he might start to say something like, I'll give you an example. You're driving to your favorite. Uh, this is how he starts to dismantle structures. You're driving to your, your regular coffee shop and the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to go to that coffee shop. And yeah, you're on yeah. the way there. You're two minutes away and you're about to stop. And then you say, OK, and you make a decision in your heart and you say, OK, I'm not going to go to that coffee shop. Now, and then the Holy Spirit says, OK, you can go to that coffee shop now. And then you're like, well, what, God, God, what are you doing? And then you go, end up going to the coffee shop. What he's doing is he's testing the suppleness of your heart. That's how you start to allow an enlargement that comes from the Holy Spirit to be able to engage the things of the invisible. Because as soon as it, it's not by watching, uh, you know, Harry Potter and then going, well, I'm going to learn about the supernatural because the, but it's actually about, and I'm being ridiculous, I'm just yeah, saying it's yeah. actually about your eye gates, your ear gates, clearing yourself out and saying, Holy Spirit, whatever it is that you want to do in me, whatever it is, I give you permission to dismantle any structure that has prevented me from engaging in the invisible world. You pray that sincerely for a week, sincerely for a week, you're open to him and you maintain, you maintain a posture in the word. I guarantee you can start to open things up. So good. Wow. That is good. Yeah. And that's what we did in the prophetic 
uh, intensive and then also in the the business challenge that that you helped me with. So good. Yeah, and I, I love have... that it's grounded because so many people aren't. And I think that a lot of the reason that God doesn't give people supernatural encounters or, or, or you know, or really ground things is because they don't read the Bible enough. Because I believe that actually part of the prize of reading the word is you become the word. But also part of the prize is that he is so excited because then he can found everything that you experience on truth. Mm. Yeah. Mm -mm. So good. Well, we do have probably another five minutes left. So, um Got anything else, Daryl, that you would like to share that you haven't shared yet? Uh, 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 you guys ask me a question if you if you like. I don't have anything. Uh, well, okay. So one last question then. Where do people find you? Oh, okay. Easy. Okay. So <laughs> if you um, you go online and you just write my name in, you'll be able to see a number of podcasts that I've done with a number of interviews that I've done. My ministry is on four, fourfacesministries.com. I think it's .com, not .com.au. I um, have sessions available. I do ministry sessions with people online, but really primarily I use, I do something called a prophetic intensive. I only take about 40 people at a time and I only do that uh, two or three times a year. But that's really, if people are interested in that, you can register interested for the prophetic intensive at the Four Faces Ministries website and then someone will get back to you with the date of that, the date that that starts. And that's how I primary, <laughs> primarily mentor people into the things that I walk in. Very Beautiful. good, very good. Now, now you said you had to get going, but uh, how much time do you have left? I'm wondering if you have time to do a small, small, small behind the scenes section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got okay. probably, probably another five minutes. Is that helpful? Okay, so we're going to wrap up real quick here. I just want to say thank you to all of our viewers. Uh, we are listener supported and we do need that support. We were just uh, being told that we look like we don't need support, but I'm telling you, we've got people that... <laughs> And need need to be paid, uh, and many of them that are doing a great and awesome, wonderful job, and that are highly underpaid. That we would love to be able to help them. So do consider being a partner with us. Go to KingdomTalksMedia.com and check out the giving section, and that would be much appreciated. Love you all. Share it around. And Daryl and Berlin, honor you both. Thank you so much for being on here. Blessings to you all. Thank you. Take care. Thank Bye -bye. you so much. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life Keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.